Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. Alrighty. Hey, it feels like it has been a while since I've been up here to speak. So here we go. I've got lots of notes. I've got lots of scriptures. And uh, are you ready? Are you guys excited? Are you guys happy? Not excited about me, but are you happy to be here? I'm so glad that you guys are here. Uh, Pastor Steve is in Columbus speaking, and he sent me a picture and said, man, he said the place is packed and there's excitement and freedom uh, where he's at down in Columbus uh, ministering. And so uh, we're praying for him, and we just believe that God's going to do something very good here this morning as well. At least I'm, uh, I'm believing, hopefully. So we're so glad that you're with us online and you're watching. We hope and uh, pray that you, know, you guys can come and join us. But uh, until you do, grateful for those that are watching online. All right, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to, uh, I'm going to read several scriptures right off the bat, kind of just kind of set the groundwork and... Um, uh, and then we'll go from there. And, you know, when, you, when you're someone like me, I don't, you know, when you don't speak on a regular basis, you usually speak on topics that you're, that you're familiar with in your life. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that's typically, at least for me, that's, that's what happens. Like, Lord, what are you speaking to me? I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. And so if you have your Bibles, Proverbs 18, and then we're going to jump over to Matthew 5 and then Matthew 11. But in, math, in Proverbs 18, 19, it says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Let me go back. 19. A brother offended is harder to be won. Than a strong city. Turn over with me to Matthew chapter 5, first book of the New Testament. You don't have to, you can just listen along. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version, so it's probably a little different. Verse 21, it says, You have heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, I have no idea what that means. No, I, I do, but that's the sound, doesn't that sound intense? Raka shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever shall say, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. I think I ought to repent right now. I might have said worse to people before I was saved, before I was saved. Verse 23, if therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. This really is an encouraging word this morning. Verse chapter 11. Let me read this, and uh, you can close your Bible after that. 
In, in chapter 2, this is the story of John in prison, John the Baptist when he was in prison. And it says, now when John in prison heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by the disciples and said to him, are you the expected one or shall we look for someone else? And Jesus answered and said to them, go and depart to John, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Verse six, and blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me is what my translation says, but it also says, blessed is he who is not offended by me. Blessed is he who is not offended by me. I want to talk to us this morning about being offended, about being offended and, and carrying offense in our heart. I think we all know that the enemy has, has really one goal. The devil has one goal. It, it can be found in John chapter 10. The enemy's come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants our life to be a living hell. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to steal and to take every good thing, every good and perfect gift from you, and he will do whatever he can do to to cause that to happen. And I believe that even if we become Christians and we're serving the Lord, he still wants to do everything he can. We may, be, we may love Jesus, we may be going to heaven, but he wants to make our life while we're walking with Jesus as miserable as it possibly can be. Offense first starts in the heart. Offense first starts in the heart and then becomes an action. Unresolved issues can make your life a living hell. It really can. We, we go into this place where we're just trying to manage pain in our life. And if, he can re, if he, the enemy can get us to remember the hurts and the pain of our past, it will then prohibit us from really, I think, walking in our destiny because we will always be back there looking and trying to manage the pain that we have gone through. And so we will we'll look in the rearview mirror of all of the hurt and the pain in our, in our past instead of looking of the destiny and the future and the hope that God has given us for our, for our future. The enemy is a master at coming and highlighting hurts and issues and, and, and pain from our past life in hope that he can stop us from walking in our destiny. We're hitting it hard right off the bat, right off the bat. Have you noticed that, that people are easily offended today? I mean, have you just even, I mean, really, if you just look at our climate that we're in, the enemy's bringing division everywhere he can. We, we've got, it, it's come down to mask, no mask. It's, it's just crazy, you know, the division that can happen amongst brothers and sisters in Christ over mask or no mask. And then he's thrown everything else into the mix with, with, that, with politics and, and you name it, there is a place that we can easily be offended about everything. And you got to be careful what you put online. 
I mean, you got to be, you know, it's like you got to, you know, pray about, you know, whether you want to post this online, you know, it's like, man, I'm just having a, a great day today. And you'll get a comment, well, how insensitive you are. I mean, I've just lost somebody and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought I was having a good day. I just wanted to express that, you know, or, you know, or you can put it up there. I love when it just gently rains outside. It just... I love sitting in there and reading a book and gently rain. And well, you never lived in Seattle. You wouldn't love that rain. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter what you post out there. Somebody is going to have something to say negatively against what you are saying, you know? And it's like, and then we can just, we can just get offended. Well, you know, just such a negative person. And we start going down this rabbit hole that really doesn't lead to uh, any good thing. And we're, we're unhappy. We're an unhappy people. I think because we live in offense. We live with hurt. We live angry at, at, at people. We live angry. Can I say this? We live angry at God. We don't like to admit that, that we would at all be angry at God. But I, I think our offenses are, are twofold. I can be, I can be offended at, at something that my brother and sister said or Pastor Cindy said to me or the way she looked at me. She would, I, I better use her a different example. Never good to use the pastor's wife. Josh over here. The way Josh looked at me. You know, we can get offended, but, but we can also get offended at God. God didn't come through like I thought he came through. I feel like God let me down. Why didn't God heal? Why did I lose my, my, my child? Why, why did I lose my job? The list is never ending. And we, we build up this, this pain and this hurt and these offenses towards, towards our, our Father, our Heavenly Father. And though we would never come out and say that per se, that I'm offended at God because we would just think that would be horrible and we wouldn't want to confess such a thing. But it's true. It's true. We're, we're, we're carrying pain and, heart, and hurt in our heart towards a father that's, that's always good because our perception, I think, is wrong. I think the way we process pain and hurt is wrong. The way we, we, we feel about the Father, our Heavenly Father, is jaded to, to a degree. And so we, we begin to, to, to carry this, this pain and this hurt in, in us. And, and the devil's agenda in our life is destruction. His strategy is division. His agenda is destruction. He wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy our relationships. He wants to destroy, he wants to skew our relationships with one another. He wants to, he wants to skew our relationships with our Heavenly Father. He wants to, he wants, its destruction is his agenda and his, and his, his strategy is to bring division. If I can just, if he can just get me to see Cindy in a, in a different light, if I can just begin to believe the lie, then 
He's winning the battle. And there brings division. And where there is division, a house cannot stand. Matthew 12, 25, a house divided against itself cannot stand. A home divided against itself cannot stand. A husband and wife fighting and quarreling, it cannot stand. Children against their parents, a house divided cannot stand. Church in a church where people confess and say they love Jesus and love the Lord and all that, it, the enemy comes in and he wants to bring division and that is his strategy. And where there is division, there will ultimately be destruction. It will tear down a community. And we'll, we'll sing and we'll raise our hands and we'll applaud and we'll comment on Facebook to Pastor Steve. That was an amazing message and all of that. In all while, the person sitting in front of us, we have an issue with. And he says, he says there in Matthew 5, hey, we've got to deal with the issues that we have towards other people. Issues that are in our heart. Issues that, that are taking place and we're trying to sweep them under the rug and we're trying to forget about them, but they're there because they're there. We know they're there because of how we act, how we respond, how we live our life. The closer the relationship, the greater the effect of the offense. See, if I don't know somebody, you know, I mean, I don't post. I'm not on Facebook. But, if I, you know, if I post something and, you know, kind of the way my makeup is, and if you don't like something, I, I could care less. You know, you need to go pick on somebody else because I really don't care about you. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it is, it is somewhat of my makeup. Like, I'm probably not going to be affected. But, you know, my niece sitting back there, Patty, if she's upset with me and well, there's something going between us, I'm going to be bothered because I care about her. She's my favorite niece. Don't tell the other ones that. You know, and it, it's true. And, and what the enemy wants to do is he wants to bring, he wants to bring division and where there's pain and hurt amongst those that we love the most it cuts the hardest and it cuts the deepest and it hurts the most. So, you know, he wants to come in and bring strife and bring offense and bring hurt in our families and in our homes. Get us to a place where we begin to doubt the, the person's motive. We begin to, to, to not think the best and give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, that's one of the, the things that we should do in, you know, with marriages. If we would just give our spouse the benefit of the doubt instead of jumping to foregone conclusions already. I think a lot of marriages may, you know, could be helped. But that offense begins to, to be built up. And when we carry offense or unforgiveness, it ties us to our past. It ties us to that, to, to that pain. It ties us to that hurt. We get caught up into a cycle of pain and frustration and defeat. And we wonder why our life, we struggle 
at our jobs or we struggle in our relationships or we struggle in areas of our life repeatedly and it becomes a cycle. I would, I would, I would want you to consider what's, what are you carrying with you? Because we get into these cycles over and over and over and over. And there's probably situations and hurt and pain and offense going on that, that we're still carrying from our past and we bring it into our, our future and we get caught into this cycle. The story of John the Baptist. I mean, here we have the story where John the Baptist is the cousin of, of Jesus, right? He's, he's, he, Jesus is his, is his first cousin and, and, you know, they probably grew up together. They played together, you know, and, and then we have the story of John the Baptist baptizing Jesus in the Jordan. And when he gets baptized, what was it that John the Baptist said? He said, behold, the son of God that takes away the sins of the world. He knew that he, who he was when he baptized him, he saw the Holy Spirit ascending descending. He recognized, fast forward, now John is in prison. And what does he say to his disciples? Go ask Jesus if he is the one. Go ask him if he is the one. Is he the Messiah? What's, what's, what happened from the Jordan to the prison cell? He's sitting there and he said, John, John proclaimed, this is the one that releases prisoners from captivity. That's what John the Baptist declared over Jesus, right? All while John's sitting in a prison cell. And Jesus responds, go tell him, da-da-da-da-da-da. And blessed is he who is not offended by me. I'm sure at that moment, John is sitting in that prison cell. Like, Lord, where are you? Why am I here? Why aren't you helping me? helping me and 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 our mind is just you know it, it becomes a terrible playground for the enemy at times and we start digging our a deeper hole and a deeper hole with our thoughts and 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 before long we get caught up into this thing where well Jesus doesn't care about me and he doesn't love me and he loves you but he doesn't love me and he'll help you but he never helps me and why are you favored and I'm always going through a hard time and we get caught up into this whole cycle again Jesus says, go tell John, blessed is he who is not offended by me. It's a great picture. When one we're offended at God, we usually take a couple, we have a couple different options because we want to justify it. Because in our mind, we, how can we be offended at God? He's the son of God. He created everything we, you know, everything that we learned in Sunday school, you know, is coming back to us. And like, I, I can't be offended at God. But we really are offended at God. And we should just own it. We should really just own it. God's a big God. He wants us to be real. He wants us to be honest. 
But we usually come up with a couple of different scenarios and we'll say, you know, well, God's sovereign and he can do whatever he wants to do. And we kind of, you know, get rid of, we try to get rid of the pain and the hurt that we're going through just trying to, to use that language that God is sovereign. God will do what he will do, you know, que sera, sera, right? That's our opinion. Or we'll say, you know, hey, I, I believe it's your will, God, but, but just not for me. I, I, I believe it's your will to heal, but, you know, hey, I must not have, you know, hit the mark. And for whatever reason, you know, you, you just didn't want to heal me or you didn't want to heal whatever. And we, we rationalize it away that way. I think the response that we need to have is like, Lord, I'm hurting. I'm confused. I don't understand. And right now there is a great pain in my heart. But I trust you. I trust you in the midst of my pain. I trust you in the midst of my hurt that I'm walking through. I trust you in the midst of betrayal that I have going on with those that I thought, you know, I loved and they loved me back, but they betrayed me. My family's betrayed me. My coworkers have betrayed me. You know, it hurts. It's painful. We have to own this. Instead of trying to to pretend that we're some super, you know, spiritual Christian. And that's what we do. We put on this, these facades and we dress up and all of this in our spiritual garb and we can quote scriptures all the while. We're hurting inside. There's pain inside. We're confused about why things happened in our life. We're confused about where God's been and why do you feel like you're so far away instead of just saying, God, I feel like you are so far away and you don't care for me. And go get into your prayer closet and find and start reading the scriptures, start reading Psalms, start reading until you can find that place of peace. That's what I did yesterday. I went and spent an hour and a half. It was 11 o'clock. I had my tool belt on. I took my tool belt off, and I'm like, God, I've got to find you because the place where my mind is going, it ain't going, it's not headed in a good place. I know you guys thought different about me. But, I, you know, you've just got to get away and to reconnect with him. Instead of pretending, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't be having these thoughts. I sh- I'm, I'm, I'm better than that or I'm more spiritual than that. Own your pain. Own your hurt. Like, God, help me. I find it with David. Don't we hear David crying out to God all the time? I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Ah. Uh, I think the model for me and one of my favorite, you know, stories, uh, you know, we have several favorite stories, but one of the favorite stories is, is that life of, of Joseph because you, you, you see the betrayal, you see the opportunities for offense, you see the things that happen to his life. They're real, they're tangible, and you can kind of put yourself into those situations they may not, you may not have been thrown into a prison, but you can, you can feel like, yeah, I remember when I was offended, and I remember when I was betrayed, and I remember when I was sold out, and I remember when I was falsely accused, and I remember when. And we can somewhat read the story of Joseph, and we can, we can put ourselves into that place. What I love about him is that it feels like, and even when it gets down to the end of the story, and, he, and he's addressing his brothers, he said, hey, 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 
wait a minute. This wasn't you that put me here. This was the Lord who put me here to bring about his purpose. Wow. 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 To be able to say, Lord, I trust you enough that I'll be sold, I'll be falsely accused, I'll be in prison, I'll be back in prison, and, and then to be there at the right hand of Pharaoh and all of the power, he still comes and he says, hey guys, this wasn't you. This was the Lord that put me here. He didn't give place for offense. He didn't give place for the enemy to come in and to sow doubt about who God was to sow doubt about, about his father. He trusted the Lord. He trusted, he trusted his heavenly father in the midst of it. You see, an, offent, uh, 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 an offense is an event or action. Being offended is a choice. An offense is an action. Being offended is a choice. If you don't get anything else I said, you can walk away with that. It's our choice whether we want to we want to walk in offense. It's our choice whether we want to be offended. We have a choice. We have a decision. I think our I think our insecurities breed our offenses. I thought it was good too. I'm just going to talk to you. You know, when we're secure in our relationship with the Father, it makes all the difference. When we know who we are, in Christ, it makes all the difference. It, it, it doesn't matter what Josh says to me because I know what he says about me. When I don't know who I am, then I allow his words to affect me. His words then have the ability to define me. This is better than your, your responding. It really is. I'm trying to encourage myself in the Lord and not be offended. <laughs> I'm, I'm so kidding. But it's true. Should I be up on the stage since the camera's on? We got people online. My, my security in knowing who I am as a child of God, it makes all of the difference. And when I don't know who I am and when I'm trying to find my value by what you say, my value by what I do, so when I lose my job, that gives place for offense because my, my, my validity was built up in this. Or my validity is built in, and my value is built in a relationship. My value is built on worldly things. But when I can position myself in a place with the Father that says, I know who I am and I know what he says about me and that I am bought with a price, I am chosen, I am a son of God, I... I'm a child of God. It makes all of the difference in the places where people are coming in and trying to offend me. They won't stick. Do they hurt? Come 
on, we're real. We're, we're, we're humans. Man, you know, Josh punches me. <laughs> it's going to hurt. But it's not, I'm not going to let it stick to me. We gotta, we gotta, sometimes I think as, as believers and Christians, man, we gotta quit pretending that stuff doesn't hurt. It hurts. But how I respond to that hurt defines who I am and how I, how, how I see myself in Christ. It's all, it makes all the difference. Your ability, I have this written down, your ability to handle offense will determine your direction in life. The way of promotion is forgiveness. The way of promotion is forgiveness. The way of promotion is forgiveness. Jesus said to forgive 70 times 7. Did he, did he mean to forgive 490 times and then after that it's done? No, he is saying to live a lifestyle of forgiveness, to live a lifestyle of being unoffended. That's what Jesus is telling his disciples right there. It's like, hey, you may need to forgive today. I may need to forgive Josh today. And you know what? I may see him tomorrow. I'm like, that's dirty doggone, no good for nothing. Ah, Lord, I forgive Josh. I, I release Josh. You know, come on. I, I'm joking around a little bit, but I'm, I'm serious. It's a choice. And I may need to forgive him tomorrow and the next day and next week and next month. Because you know what? The memory may never go away what he did, but the way I see, I heard that, yes, all the way back in the back. The way I see him will change. We're waiting on someone to come and, and to say they're sorry. That may never happen, brother. Chances are it won't happen. And you need to get over it. You need to find your place of forgiving them. See, forgiveness isn't for Josh. Josh may never know what I did for him. And I just love it how people come and say, you know, hey, I need to forgive you for something you said to me. I, I love that. I, I don't love that. Keep it to yourself. If you haven't heard anything else I've said today, <laughs> hear that. We don't need to know how we hurt you. Because it's not about me. Unforgiveness and forgiving people is about you. You see, you're the one in the prison, not them. And your unforgiveness opens up the gate and releases you to walk free. Not Josh. Josh didn't even know. He was just going on about his, his you know, his day. And I, you know how many people I probably offended and hurt? Whew. I got a long line. Praise the Lord they don't come and tell me. Why are you laughing, Patty? My niece is laughing. She's probably been on the other end of that. But, you, but it's not about them. It's about my heart. It's about me walking in the relationship. What did it say back there in Matthew? Hey, if you've got an offense against your brother, your sister, you're holding something out there, go in and deal with that. Deal with that and then come back to me. 
and present your offering. Am I past my time? We, we, we understand the, the in and out principle of, of, of cars and exhaust systems. Put gas in, we've got exhaust coming out. Breathing, we breathe in, we breathe out. We've got to let things go. We've got to let things go. We got to let that exhaust go. We understand. We put food in. Things got to go. It, it it gets eliminated. Things come into our heart. We've got to let it go. But there is no exhaust system for our heart, and that exhaust system for our heart is unforgiveness. By letting it go. By letting it go. It comes in and hurt words. They come in. We've got to let it go. We've got to forgive. We've got to release. We've got that exhaust system. We've got to let it go. You can't hold on to your history and expect to walk in destiny. Unforgiveness is, I believe, a learned behavior. I believe it's a learned behavior. You know, you can spank a child one minute, next minute they're coming back hugging you. They're not holding it against you. Two boys can be out playing in the yard and they get in a fight and they run home and tell their parents. You know who gets mad? The parents. The boys just want to go back out and play. They're not offended. They're not hurt. It becomes a, I, I, I think it often becomes a learned behavior. We watched, we watched how our dad responded to issues. And we, we, we watched him get silent. We watched him withdraw. We watched him explode in anger. And so we think that's a response that we have when we're hurt. We've watched our mother respond to our, to our fathers. And so, and so, ladies, we respond in kind because we've, we've seen it modeled before us. Babies, babies, children are not born prejudiced. It's a learned behavior. We've, we've, we've got to allow the Lord to come in and to cleanse this offense that are in our, it's in our heart. Unforgiveness, we've got to let it go. Because at the end of the day, it's holding you back. You're looking at somebody next to you that may be less qualified, less prepared, less gifted, less talented, and they're getting promoted, and you wonder what's holding you back. We could, there could be a, a hundred different examples. We've got to let Jesus come in and deal with the stuff that's in our heart, the offenses that are in our heart. And I tell you, when we do, you can watch your destiny begin to unfold. Because right now, I think what happens is most of us keep... We, we spend our energy focusing on our pain. I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking pri you know, even primarily at the subconscious level because I don't think it's probably running in our mind every day, something that happened 15 years ago. But our actions and our reactions are still being governed by what happened 15 years ago. 
And every now and then, that button will get pushed in us that will remind us of that. But then we'll forget, we'll go on, but we'll keep living out a life based on what happened 15 years ago because we haven't dealt with it and let the person go or we haven't dealt with it with the Lord and we're running. We're running from God. Oh, you're sitting in your you're sitting in church, you're watching online, but you're running from God. You're not submitting to what he has called you to do because you're, you're hurt and you're running. You're still in a marriage, but you're running. You're cohabitating, but you're running because you haven't let your spouse go and you're still holding on to the pain. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's stand. Hey, guys. I mean, when we can be free, it'll be the best Thanksgiving ever. You'll look at your parents different. You may look at your sisters, brothers different. We need to let these people go. This, just release it and let it go. That offense is killing you. It's killing you. So why not get rid of it? Why not get rid of it? I think today would be a good day to do that. Do we have a ministry team? Do we, do we have a ministry team? If we have a ministry team, I'd love uh, for them to come. But right now, before we leave, we're only six minutes and 21 seconds over. Right now, just with, with in this moment, with every, every head bowed, just, close, just bow your heads, close your eyes, just bow your heads. If you just raise your hand and say, I am dealing with unforgiveness, I'm dealing with offense, just raise your hand. Yeah, there's hands all over. Gosh, if I could, I'd raise my feet and leg probably. Don't walk out of here. Don't walk out of here this morning without dealing with it, without praying and saying, God, I release this situation, this person, this individual, whatever happened to you, don't leave here without dealing with it. And if you need someone, if you need someone to uh, pray with, pray through with you, I mean, I encourage you to come up. If you just need to sit there right there in, in your seat, stand there, sit there, whatever you need to do, don't leave here. Give it to the Lord. And listen to me, you may need to give it to the Lord tomorrow as well. Jay, can you sing that, just that, that last song, nothing else? Just you and Joseph? I don't know. Just a few more minutes. This is too important. This is your life. This stuff's been holding you back. It's time to say, enemy, not today. Not today, not any longer. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done.
done. You've robbed me long enough of my peace, of my joy, not any longer. Just take a few moments. Just pray.
heart of God. Nothing else, I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. And I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else. Aren't you just so thankful for Jesus this morning? We love you, Jesus. Come on, tell him that this morning. We are so thankful for you. This letting go of unforgiveness is only possible because of what Jesus did. It's only possible because of the price that he paid. And so as we're entering Thanksgiving week, Jesus, as a family, as followers of you, we place Thanksgiving in our heart. Thank you that thankfulness is the antidote for jealousy or greed or lack thankfulness releases your kingdom. So Bethel Cleveland, in the name of Jesus, we bless you to have the most incredible holiday, that you look around the table at the people who you're with and feel nothing but overflowing gratitude for the blessing that each person at that table represents to you. I pray that the Spirit of God would fill your homes and your hearts and that you would sense the nearness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm going to sing this song through a few more times, so feel free to be released. But if it's ministering to you and you're still letting go of unforgiveness or God's still doing some heart surgery on you, you're welcome to stay. for you're the one our hearts are longing for 